It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. No, of course, <laughs> Skip. Now, come on now, Skip. Now, that's not this show. This is the Winning Ticket Podcast with John, Dean, Joe, and Zach. Hello. Um, back to Handicap NFL Week 14. And if we were on a roller coaster, guys, we're, we're on the upswing right now. Our hands are in the air. We just came off probably one of the more successful weeks we've ever had as a podcast, which I see as particularly uh, wonderful because it's it's just getting harder as the weeks go on to to handicap these teams as playoff teams take form the the bad teams want to play spoilers it's getting difficult but we're giving you those winning plays here on the winning ticket podcast how are you guys doing how did we do last week oh we feel we feel really good I'll, as the guy with the only loss and it was actually by a half a point in the Vikings Jags uh, total I had the um, of course I had the over of that game and I don't know if you guys saw but da- not only was it a half point loss Dalvin Cook got stopped on the one yard line in overtime and then the Vikings kicked a field goal. So that could have been a very, I could have stolen there where Dalvin cook just punches it in. But John said one of our most successful podcasts ever. I challenge anyone out there that that was the most profitable audio ever recorded by anyone. We were 11 and one. We had a range of plays. We had totals. We had derivatives. We had sides. We had absolutely everything. We had some info on teasers. We had a winning teaser. And then we also had three money line plays. That all hit, uh, of course, correctly predicting. And and I literally said, hey, guys, I'm going to do a money line parlay of our two dog pounds. That hit, too. <laughs> it too. Yep. Yeah. So if you are a super fan of the show and you placed everything that we said, which we say a lot um, on the show, saying if you placed absolutely everything that we said, I know in the past we've even joked about it, saying, like, oh, that'd be a bad idea. Well, I'll tell you, it's not a bad idea because our podcast, since week one, we are 57%. We're up 15.59 units in the big bank. Uh, of course, before the season started, we said that it'll be a $20 unit. So if you bet 100 then you're up $1,500, which is great. $20 is still a nice little sizable thing. The dog pan, we've had some rough weeks, but I've been pretty consistent. I'm up 11.2 units as an entire show. We're up 4.9 units. And then, of course, Zach's Fat Lock giving you 6.5 units back so overall as a show we are up over 25 26 units of course um you know in in my personal bankroll i'm about a 20 dollars unit size type of guy and that's uh still a significant amount of money yeah that's winning a ton we had a a, a loyal listener um had put down his his unit size was pretty big and he took all my plays um this past week and even took washington getting seven points as opposed to eight and a half which i was a little nervous about but, of course, they wound up winning outright. And so he came away with a six-plus unit increase, hundreds and hundreds of dollars involved. I'll let you look at our premium Slack channel if you want to see the exact details that's posted there, as well as a very, very uh, successful round-robin college basketball parlay from Dean. Uh, that that uh, result, I think, is on our Instagram now, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're providing this for you. We, wanna, we literally want to spread the wealth. Yeah. Let me step in here and just let me just state that I know nothing about college basketball. All right. I am a devout Rutgers alum. So I follow (laughs) Rutgers basketball team. That's it. I do not watch the games. 
This year, my strategy has been follow Dean on the Slack channel. And I am not even kidding. I am up legitimately eight units through the start of the year, just following every play Dean has done. That's it. So I don't watch the games. I just put the fucking bet in and let it ride. And I fucking at like midnight, I check the scores and I text Dean and go, dude, you're a magician. You did it again. I don't know how you do it. And it's been great. To, to, to the the old horn, um, we are 22 and eight in the college basketball channel. Actually, overall, um, dating back to last season where I was 57 percent, um, we are up to 60 percent for the channel overall, and that's with 100 plus wins, so almost 200 plays, which has uh, been pretty successful. I, I'm ha- I'm having a really good year. Yesterday was one of those days that you didn't even have to watch the games. I, of course, I do. I watch. I probably watch about six or seven games a day. Um, I have uh, the Chattanooga mocks on over my shoulder actually right now that I'm just, uh, <laughs> score watching. I, I had no premium plays today, but of course, you know, I still took a couple of things that, you know, in my personal ledger just to watch. So yeah, of course, um, you're definitely going to want to DM us on Twitter or Instagram at winning TX pod, or you can just go to Twitter. Our pinned post is the Slack channel um, invite link. Of course, that, that is where you will find all my college basketball plays, our NFL plays, and as well as Joe and Mikey's DFS plays, which has been very profitable. I usually just, uh, I'm the silent partner. I just put in the lineups and uh, kind of like Zach said about college basketball, I just uh, wait and I check and I, I look and I go, oh, cool, I'm up money, nice. So uh, definitely multifaceted. We all kind of have our hands in a lot of different pots. It's, it's yeah, good. this weekend is going to be super interesting because I think we got like 13 games on. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be hard to, to make a cash lineup because there's going to be, uh, for those of you who don't dabble in the DFS world too much, that's a, one of those 50-50s or double-ups. Mm-hmm. So to make a cash lineup, there's 13 different games you can choose from. That's going to be really hard. So we might have to just uh, crunch the numbers and do some of those tournaments and try to get uh, get hot and, and hit you know, one successful lineup instead of trying to get all the, uh, the cash players involved. But as usual, you know, that's going to be on the Slack channel and that dedicated uh, – thread there that we got going i always look forward to that it's always fun making those builds and stuff oh absolutely and i love getting the the updates too where like uh, I'm, I'm just minding my own business and all of a sudden i get the alert with a nice tasty lineup and i'm like oh cool money will be here so <laughs> <laughs> gotta love that it's the best gift you could hope for um so let's move forward uh let's do a little off the top guys i just want to recap some really big nfl news before we go into week 14 um so a couple of headlines that stuck out to me i want to hear you guys reactions uh first of all probably some of the biggest news outside of the win-loss column the eagles finally mercifully benched carson wentz um for rookie jalen hurts and i think for a lot of eagles fans this is probably a long time coming for the eagles organization this is a ton of money that is invested in carson wentz and of course the years that have gone by since the super bowl also invested in him being the leader of this team uh, but uh, Doug Peterson finally, finally went to Jalen Hurts, and uh, we're going to see how they they fare on Sunday. A couple other things that happened. Big week for the NFC East. Two massive upsets. The Giants over the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson looking dazed and confused out there. I don't think he knew any defensive coverage looking at all those plays. They had him completely rattled. And the Washington football team, you heard our handicaps last week, including this guy here who said to take Washington eight and a half, and they went outright. Uh, they took advantage, I think, of a beat-up Steelers team that has been all kinds of schedule fucked by COVID um, without even having problems within their own house. Um, and, and Washington football team is starting to, um, be, I guess, realize who they are. A power team 
great defense, getting just enough from Alex Smith, throwing balls, death by a thousand cuts. Uh, and, and so the NFC least jokes might need to start holding back a little bit. Um, I guess, unless you're a Cowboys fan and one last thing, and this is a little homebrew, but I got to talk about it, but the jets last gaps lost, uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders on a, what people are calling the dumbest defensive call in recent memory when Greg Williams decided to send the house uh, and leave someone open in coverage against a rookie cornerback. Uh, and that has led to Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator of the Jets, being fired the very next day by soon-to-be-fired coach Adam Gase, I guess, in the next three, four weeks. Um, so out of all those news items, I'm just curious what you guys think. It was a really fun NFL Sunday. If you, if you allow, I'll, I'll touch on all three really, really quick. One, yep. Jalen Hurts. I, last year, was petitioning that he should have won the Heisman Trophy. I'm a huge fan of him. I said that he was the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see if Doug Peterson is just being desperate and throws him in and just expects the world out of him. I know last year, Jay Gruden was kind of doing that with Haskins. He pulled the trigger really quick, and Haskins really never had a chance to develop um, at all. So I really hope that that doesn't happen to Jalen Hurts. Uh, I'm personally a fan. I think that he's a really good player. Even when he was in Alabama, I was not a fan of them switching out their quarterback situation. I think he's, he reminds me of like a more swaggy, skinnier Dante Culpepper, uh, who happens to be my laptop background. So big fan of Jalen Hurts. I wish him success. Um, the second one is the NFC least. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, both teams have seven losses too. So they, they both teams kind of aren't that good. But then again, um, the fact that, you know, if you look at other divisions, the Cardinals are six and six and they are what two games back of both teams in front of them that are eight and four. So it is one of those things that from the top down, the division is still extremely weak. It just so happens that the giants pulled the upset with a uh, ball control and complimentary football, which is a concept that I will be bringing up a lot in my big bank this week. So I'm not ready to go ahead and say that the giants are in the, and the Washington team are good. Now. I think that they both got really good spots and they're both kind of gelling together as football teams now but i have i have more on uh, one of those teams in a little bit in my big bank as well as the steelers which you had mentioned and then um the final thing uh slips my mind so i will uh, jets oh yeah the jets um there there was people defending greg williams calling that play saying that he's done zero blitzes in the past and the only film that i've seen people actually submit uh backing that up it really sh it showed they were calling it a zero blitz but there was two safeties over the top so that's not a zero blitz uh, that was the first time ever that, that he called that play in a Hail Mary situation. And, of course, it was Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest wide receivers in the league, up against rookie cornerback named Lamar Jackson. Yes. So, not that Lamar That's Jackson. Hilarious. I think that's probably just Lamar as Jackson. good a quarterback. Yeah, the other, yeah. <laughs> the other Lamar might have done better at that play. <laughs> yeah, the stories with Jalen Hurts for me, man. This is a huge uh, Jalen Hurts podcast. The winning ticket loves him. Uh, loved him when all the way back when he was in Bama. Mm -hmm. Stayed in the SEC. Um, unfortunately, got benched. Um, not that I was in favor of that. Not that I am really allowed to have an opinion. And Alabama's not my team. Nick Saban can obviously do what he wants. But uh, I, I was a, a huge fan of him. Um, I like Tua, obviously. But I think Jalen Hurts is my favorite quarterback in this draft. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I know this is not going to go over well, but there's still time. The Eagles are going to win the NFC East. And I apologize to both of my friends on the podcast here. Oof, but I like, I like the Eagles, man. I really do. I like Kurt. That's a, lot. a bold one. They, they, they need a lot of help. <laughs> they do. Well, I'll get more into uh, the Eagles. And we've stated that they, we are a Jalen Hurts podcast. So it's a little, little preview of my big bank pick. Uh, <laughs> 
But the Giants, uh, you know, it was nice to see them win. Nice to see the ball control. Nice to see them not turn the ball over. Nice to see them have a run game. Uh, and even more so than that, the defense was the biggest surprise out of everything to me. I know they've been playing solid to hold a, an offense like that to literally 10 points, right? They had a fluke safety. Other than that, mm-hmm. scored 10 points. Very impressive. Uh, the football team against the Steelers, very impressive. They are not a team that's built to come back from big deficits. They did. We literally texted in our group chat about how they were literally just dink and dunking their way down the field. And they're like, why is Alex Smith not like to throw the ball down the field? They just saved it all for the second half. Logan Thomas made some key catches. Uh, forgot the name of the other dude. Was it Sims? Yeah, made the big play down the field. Three wide named Sims. <laughs> Stephen Sims, Cam Sims, wow. and someone else. Wow. Well, so I had a, uh, I had a, uh, a 33% chance of getting that right. Awesome. Uh, very <laughs> impressive to me. I don't know if it's sustainable. I don't know if the Giants is sustainable. Uh, I hope they hope for our sake, John, that the Giants do continue to uh, to win these games. And with Daniel Jones uh, poised to come back, that's awesome. <laughs> the Jets. I think it's so funny, the Jets game. One, thank you so much because you made my teaser hit, which was awesome. I literally <laughs> screamed loud enough for everyone in the neighborhood to hear. It was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. But the thing that's hilarious was that, like – they had the game one and like, you can tell it wasn't on purpose. Like they did not try to throw that game. Mm. That was Greg Williams literally being like, Haha, we got this. I'm going to try and sack the quarterback and end on a dramatic fucking like dramatic fashion. No, you left a rookie DB on the fastest wide receiver in the NFL who got absolutely burned. Like they're calling it a hail Mary. It wasn't even a hail Mary. It was just a deep ball. Like it yeah. was just yeah. a gorgeous deep Simple ball. Coverage, where no Henry Ruggs. The top. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just it beat to death. And the Raiders are very lucky because they do not play to what their record is. Um, the Steelers, I think, will bounce back. Um, they've been kind of getting lucky as well, I think. But they – a couple key injuries on defense, but they'll be okay. But, yeah, the NFC beast is coming back, making a run towards the end of the year, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. And no, if, uh, if you listen back to uh, an earlier podcast, I forget when the Jets were something like 0-5, 0-6, I think. I said, bet them to go winless the whole season. I, mm-hmm. I even had a patriotic uh, <laughs> monologue about it. And uh, it's looking pretty damn good if you took that uh, because the Jets play Seattle, the Rams, the Browns, and then lastly against the Patriots. Um, and, I mean, listen, if, it's, if there is any win in there, of course, it would be a huge upset. Yeah. Hear me out. If the Jags and the Jets uh, both finish with one win, I believe the Jaguars get the number one overall pick due to the strength of schedule. If the Patriots are eliminated from the playoffs, I am betting the house on the Patriots because I mean, excuse me, the Jets because I think that Bill Belichick will be like, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, he ain't gonna let them get Trevor Lawrence. We're tanking (laughs) this game. I truly believe that's true. I think they'll do everything that's in their power to make yeah. sure the Jets win in that situation. So let's keep a little eye out yeah. for uh, four weeks down the road. I want to see that happen. That would be very funny, that's, but I would not put it past Bill Belichick to be like, we're not letting them get Trevor Lawrence. We're losing this game. That's interesting. We'll have to return to that. Would you still say that if the Jaguars somehow won within the next couple of weeks? And essentially, and essentially the, the Jets, Jets – let's, let's say the Jets had – 
were 0 and 15, but the Jags had two wins. So essentially, the Jets walked into that. Oh, Patriots. Then, then, no, the no. Patriots it's, then the Patriots. Then the Patriots want to embarrass them. Yeah, yeah it's only if the Jags stay at one win. And you know, based on what I've seen, um, it looks like they're not that far away from being a, a decent team. I mean, uh, their record against the spread is a lot better than their their actual record. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll have the staff boys crunch that up. But, uh, guys, I think uh, it's time to transition into my sinkers and floaters. And, of course, uh, it's not going to be as wordy as it normally is. I'm just going to talk about my biggest upgrade and my biggest downgrade. The last couple of weeks, I've been giving my big, my three biggest upgrades and my two biggest downgrades or whatever that was. But my biggest upgrade of the week, of course, is Buffalo, which is actually really funny that nobody – I don't list my power rankings, you know, one through 32. I have that – you know, tucked away, but I actually had the bills very low. I had them 24th, but they got back Matt Milano and Edmonds, who were two guys that have missed significant amount of time. And they kind of fix their defensive issues um, because what it is, is my power rankings kind of factor in coaching offensive offense and defense. And then for the simulator, what I do is I throw in extra metrics when it comes to home away, things uh, of that nature, um, you know, turnover rates, uh, defensive things. And of course I've been working on a luck, uh, metric, which has been kind of tough. Um, I know the Patriots are leading the league in that after uh, a lot of their fortunate bounces last week with uh, the punt return and the two block kicks. So I have the Bills. I moved them up uh, eight spots. I, I They're 19th overall in total DVOA defensively. And it was one of those things that early in the season, we were expecting this old-timey Bills team with um, the great defense and the can't move the ball offense they kind of completely switched uh they moved the ball very well it's one of those things where Allen could beat you in so many ways you can't even blitz him to make him uh uncomfortable because he's just going to scramble away from it so it's one of those things that he's they're really tough to stop offensively which I think adds to their defensive prowess it's one of those things where complimentary football they move the ball quick they can move the ball in a lot of different ways and let's just say they take off seven minutes of clock which they did against the Niners the defense barely has to do anything they might catch a team like like the Niners because I just watched the game they you can catch a team that runs heavy and you can make them have to throw which will play right into their hand I think complimentary football actually helps the Bills the most I kind of said the same thing about the Titans last week um and of course their run game got stymied and therefore they gave up 41 points uh, my biggest stinker is actually the Chargers yeah I was late to downgrade them I, I I'll admit I had them at uh I think 20th but now I give them the max penalty of minus three for coaching and basically what it was was I outsharped myself I didn't want to downgrade them too much over the Anthony Lynn one bad decision it was one of those things where I watched the game um yeah there were some other you know questionable calls but it was one of those things that everyone saw the final play and or the final sequence and I feel like everyone threw the chargers in the garbage can and if everyone's doing something I naturally cannot also do that I have to reserve some feelings and kind of do that but now after this week I saw when it comes to special teams I had just said that the Patriots got lucky well I think a lot of it has to do with coaching too the the chargers are just they just don't do the little things correctly. I, they're horrible, and more importantly, they're completely defeated. The, I saw a lot of players hanging their heads after turnovers. Here's a great way to indicate coaching. If after a turnover and a sudden change, if the defense comes out all rah-rah, you know, slapping asses and going, okay, if we hold them to a field goal, we still have a chance, then that, in my mind, is a good coach because they're saying, hey, go get the ball back from my offense. We could still win this. I think that early and often in a lot of Chargers games – 
something happens offensively where they don't take advantage or Badgley misses a kick or something gets blocked or something like that. The defense comes out, hands on the hips already, going like, man, this team fucking sucks. I'm not getting hurt for this. So I think that the Chargers are completely in give up. All the good feelings they had in Herbert, all those 50-50 games that they lost, I think that now they're done. I think players are going to be making uh, you know, some business decisions not to get involved in plays. And my other notable jump, um, th- this is just like the, the fun little – Postscript, I have uh, Cleveland up five spots. I think their offensive efficiency, I had their offense a little bit too low. I, I knew that they lead, they led the league in rushing. But after last week, uh, you know, if you could get a team to load the box, Baker Mayfield is good enough to throw over the top. And last podcast, I gave you guys that Jarvis Landry would be a must play in my DFS. I am no expert by any means, but I did start Jarvis Landry and he had a very good game. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, he's kind of forming back to a wide receiver, number one, even with Odell Beckham out. So, of course, a lot of people ask when top five are Kansas City, the Rams at number two, Pittsburgh at three, New Orleans, and then Green Bay. And that was sinkers and floaters. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a good list. I think those are some of the best teams in the league. I know uh, Joe probably has something to say about Anthony Lynn. Joe, I'm just going to give you the floor. Let, let it out. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much, man. Besides my Doug Peterson hatred, I would say Anthony Lynn is is the other guy right near the top. Um, yeah, I, I, it it hasn't been uh, for me anyway, Dean. I don't think it's been one game. I think it's been about a season and a half where he's mm-hmm. made just questionable calls. Um, and I think he's the worst coach. I'm not kidding. The worst coach I've ever seen with clock management. Not just because, yeah. not just because of that last game. I mean, I think he's done it for a year and a half now. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we can pull up some film and, and stuff like that. Not that I would have it handy, but I, I just, it seems like it's 15 times in the last year and a half. I cannot believe that he has a job and the worst one I texted you guys. I literally woke up thinking this. I texted you guys and I was like, can you believe that because of his awful talent evaluation, we were almost deprived of the rookie of the year who would have been there. I mean, we wouldn't have seen him play. It would have yeah. been Tyrod Taylor until forever. It would have been Tyrod Taylor because he gives them, a better chance to win, a.k.a. he doesn't throw to the running backs ever. Like, what, what is – you have Eckler. He's the best at that. You, you can't be any more stupid than that. I, I get so fired up and passionate about this. Justin <laughs> Herbert is so much better than Tyrod Taylor. It's not even funny. And he incorporates everybody. He's anticipating throws. He's doing stuff that, that half the guys in the league can't do. And, and I can't believe we almost missed it because Anthony Lynn is a complete goon and he didn't see anything properly. So, yeah. man, I, I love the Chargers downgrade there. That, that's a great point because it's one of those things a lot of people remember. If you really think about the timeline of the Chargers, you remember the Chiefs game where Herbert was a surprise start and people go, wow, you know, the Chargers hung with the Chiefs. Well, if you really think about it, the Chiefs didn't game plan for Herbert. So it's one of those things. It's actually more impressive that the Chiefs won that game because it's like, right. oh, here's a completely different offense that we didn't prepare for. Um, so it was just pure adjustments by Spagnola, which was actually really impressive that they even, uh, you know, got some stops in that game. And then if you think about the Saints game too, I mean, yeah, they, they quote unquote gave it away. But I feel like a lot of these coin flip games, maybe the public might think, oh yeah, the Chargers are really close to being six and six instead of three and nine or whatever. And I just don't agree. I think that their um, record is well-deserved. You know, it's really funny too, because you mentioned that he wants to start uh, Tyrod Taylor, but maybe he knew if he started Tyrod Taylor, he would have a job next year. Cause you figure Herbert wouldn't That's have taken over until the halfway point in the year. And then they would, he knew the talent that he had and he would have had another year. Maybe he knew that the surrounding talent wasn't good enough, but, I don't even think that's the case. He's just a horrible. horrible I was going to say he's a closet genius this whole time. Yeah. He's he's outsmarted me and everyone else in the entire world. 
Absolutely. 3D chess, man, playing for his job. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> let's move on to my favorite segment of the podcast this year, which is Zach's Fat Lock. Ka-ching, ka-ching, baby. And guess what? We did it again, boys. Thank you so much to the Raiders and for the uh, Hail Mary, air quotes. Um, thank you, Greg Williams, for being a dumbass. Uh, you got my teaser to go eight and four on the year. We're rolling, and this is what we got this week, baby. Trying to go to nine and four. Beautiful thing, and secure that winning record on Zach's Fat Lock this year. So here we go. First up, I'm taking Tampa Bay. They're hosting the Minnesota Vikings. I got that as uh, minus a half a point. Uh, this is the Bucks coming off of a bye where they have looked sluggish. Seemed like they just started to put a little bit together uh, towards the end of the last game they played. I believe it was against the Chiefs. Uh, I think they realized they're going to get the run game significantly more involved. They, I would think if they're smart, I think the rest of America could see that they got to stop passing the ball down the field, go back to that classic Tampa, uh, excuse me, that classic New England uh, offense slash West Coast offense where six, seven-yard slants, uh, halfback wheel routes. There's no reason to push the ball down the field. <clears throat> they should almost model their game off of the Redskins, uh, excuse me, the Washington football team where Alex Smith is just dinking and dunking. That's where Tom Brady does his most damage. I think they make the adjustments necessary to win this pretty much must-win game. <clears throat> excuse me. All right, next I'm taking the Titans minus one and a half at Jacksonville. This is strictly a situational game. Uh, the Titans just got absolutely manhandled. I don't think Jacksonville will be bottling up Derrick Henry coming off of his worst performance of the year. Uh, this game, I still think Jacksonville could keep it close because they really have been in pretty much every game they played. But this is a almost must-win for the Titans to kind of hang up there with the Colts if they want a chance with the division. Uh, I don't like the spread in the game, but I think the Titans could at least cover two points without a problem. My last play is going to be the Steelers plus eight and a half at Buffalo. This one kind of hurt because I'm such a big Bills backer. Uh, I just didn't see a scenario in my head where I could see Buffalo winning by more than seven. I think the Steelers' defense is too good to make that happen. Uh, I also think that the Steelers will come back with a vengeance. I love spots where you have uh, what was technically the best team in the league, right, on paper, 11-0. Uh, just got smacked in the mouth, gave up a huge lead in the second uh, second half of the game. Uh, I, I see that being a big bounce-back week. I don't see any reason why this game shouldn't stay within a touchdown. Eight-and-a-half is a great number because you even get the little two-point conversion protection there. Uh, I see this game coming down to the wire. Don't see the Steelers losing this game by more than a touchdown. So we have Tampa Bay minus a half, Titans minus one point one and a half, Steelers plus eight and a half, plus one forty. Lock it up, gents. There we go. I just placed it as soon as Zach was done uh, speaking. Actually, last week, um, st starting off my my golden uh, gambling week, I actually had. Um, I don't even know what the conversion would be. I had about $100 on Zach's Fat Lock. So uh, we were winning. We were eating good. I'm going to go out to a steakhouse um, as an appetizer before you guys take us to a steakhouse after this thing. <laughs> so one of those things, great work, as always, uh, from Zach. I'm really excited for that one. Yeah, I think uh, Buccaneers, I mean, a half point, you're just saying a Buccaneers have to win, and they do. I think they feel it. The players feel it. Yeah, the Chiefs game was close, but they weren't playing their best ball. The Vikings are interesting to me because the Vikings are pesky. They're not, they're not really bad, but they're also not particularly good. 
So they just, it really is a week to week team and surprise, surprise, they're six and six. So they're the definition of an up and down team. But I think that just on paper, and if the Buccaneers want to emulate what the Washington football team did against Pittsburgh, they can do it even better because they have better offensive players. Um, so, so I think that that, that is essentially being a pick em. I really like that, uh, that spread Zach. And of course, a lot of people are probably going to be off of the Titans this week. Well, they just got lambasted by the Browns. Yeah. Well, number one, the Browns are actually a good team now. They're not, they're not a joke this season. I mean, face it, you make all the jokes you want. Previous years, the Browns are legit. They're going to win some playoff games and who knows how far they can go. The Titans will absolutely be ready for this game. And I'm pretty sure Derrick Henry's rushing numbers are the best against the Jaguars. So um, I don't see the Jaguars resolving that. And with playing a game like last week, like they did against the aforementioned Vikings going to overtime, even though they didn't win, it's still taking a lot of, a lot of air, a lot of energy out of it. And it's even worse. So you could say, Oh, well, if they played the Vikings close, they must play the Titans close. No, I don't think so. Uh, I think this is a team that is just Doug Marone is certainly pissed off. They just fired their GM, I think a week or two ago. And uh, the Jaguars are a team that is, you know, it, they're, the public is not talking about them eyeing the first overall pick, but like we had mentioned before, if the Jets somehow win a game, you know, the Jaguars have Trevor Lawrence. So um, they have to be thinking that at least organizationally. And since it's not in the spotlight, we're not realizing that. So, um, and, and they're well worthy of earning that quote unquote, because they're just not a good team. So, um, and I, so I just, I love the plays. I'm going to be placing that bet too, Zach. I have a lot more to say about the Jaguars in the big bank. And of course, uh, no time like the present. So let, let's get into it. All right. All right, guys. So off the top, I gave you some of our metrics. Of course, Zach is still in the lead. Um, I don't actually have that pulled up, but Zach's in the lead by, I think, like two or so over John. Um, Joe is back in the positive. Actually, you know what? Let me uh, let me actually pull it up. Uh, I think that would make this segment go a little bit better. But guys, um, I had teased off the top that I had a play on the Jags. And of course, I will give you that right before I tell you this. Yeah, Zach is up. He has 6.78 units on the year. John at 3.86. And I am at 3.06. And Joe, honestly, Joe, I think you might be 9-1 and one in the last... A uh, couple weeks of the dog pound, which is actually incredible. You're on a complete heater. I had joked the other day that I'm eight and three on my uh, in the last three weeks, and I didn't really gain much ground. But as a whole, the podcast is up three hundred eleven dollars and seventy nine cents, which is fifteen point five nine units. We agreed that we would be working off a twenty dollar unit size because that's the average of all of our listeners. So of course, our overall record seventy nine sixty seven and two, which is a fifty four point one one rate so if you listen to the show and you place every single bet uh we gave you a ton of plays and we are breaking uh positive so you have a little bit of money in your bank so i'm gonna get right into it just because we talked about the jags already and the jags and titans of course it's a part of zach's fat lock but it's one of those things where like i had said about the bills that uh it's complimentary football the offense helps the defense play very well well the titans have not been able to help their defense out at all the titans are actually bottom three in dvoa and rush defense and pass defense it's one of those things where you think Vrabel, you think to years past and you go yeah they have a really good uh pass rush john i know i tagged you and something on instagram the other day that was like 
It showed that Javion Clowney needs surgery and Vic Beasley got cut. So this great pass rushing tandem that they signed in the offseason actually are completely non-factors. They're not even playing. The Jaguars are actually okay offensively, even though they've had three different quarterbacks. Gardner Minshew is completely fine. The other guy, Lutton, is kind of bad, but he kept the he kept the Packers close. The Jaguars are better against the spread than people give him credit for. Yes, the total is kind of high because that is my play. I'm going to go over 52 for one unit. It's one of those things. An NFL game average is 51. I think the Titans are going to come out. What it, what happened to the Titans last week? They got smacked in the mouth. So what are they going to do? They're going to come out and they're going to go, we're going to put up points early and often. Let's just say the, the Titans jump out. I always like to think when I play a total, I like to take, uh, I, I factor in game script. Let's just say the Titans jump out to an early lead. The Jaguars have already shown that Mike Glennon and uh, James Robinson and company could actually come back and score some garbage time points. That's what happened in the Titans last week where they scored a bunch of garbage time points. And then the Titans defense is bad. The Jaguars defense is bad. The Jaguars offense is bad, but the Titans defense is, or excuse me, the Titans offense is amazing. So, so I think it's going to be one of those situations where it starts out 21 to three, and then it just balloons into a 35 to, you know, 17 or 35 to uh, 20, that kind of thing. Because uh, 35 to 17 would not be the over, maybe like a 42 to 17 type of thing. So I'm taking the over of this game just because it's two of the truly the worst defenses. And the Jaguars offense is a little bit better than people give them credit for. The Titans defense is a lot worse than people give them credit for. Love that. All right, guys. Dean, well done. I think I might be adding that to my personal ledger. I'll let you guys pick. Do you guys want my squarest play or my sharpest play? <laughs> Dude, hit me with the squarest one. <laughs> all right get that out of the way let's get it out of the way gents and this is the first time all year i'm doing this on the podcast and also in my personal ledger and that is i've something i don't like to do but i'm a big fan of situational games and this game is the biggest situational game on the board taking the seahawks minus 13 and a half versus the jets this week all right yeah it's the highest spread on the board yeah seattle still has statistically one of the worst passing defenses in the league but the Jets ending on Sunday was the nail in the coffin on the already horrendous season. As a player, you think you're finally going to have your week where the pressure's off. You're going to get the big win. You're going to avoid 0-16. The laughing can stop temporarily for one week, and then boom. Hail Mary. Greg Williams leaves the DB all alone. The guard, Henry Ruggs. Your spirit is broken. Your team is already deflated. And now they are left for dead. On top of that, this week you get to travel to the West Coast to play against a team coming off of their worst loss of the season to a backup quarterback in Colt McCoy and the New York football Giants. This line doesn't scare me because Seattle is going to absolutely murder the Jets. And the Jets are a team that just lost their best, uh, excuse me, they. Man, what the hell did I write? <laughs> a little bit of a house okay. is made. I, Sorry. I, I do that all the time where like I'm reading my notes and I'm like, that's not a sentence. Okay, I made an abbreviation because I'm dumb. Uh, the Jets just lost their best opportunity to win all year long. I don't need to break down any statistics on either side. This is clearly a very bad situational game. West Coast, heartbroken Jets, fired Greg Williams, Seahawks extra motivated, need to win to catch up with the Rams. I think this is going to be a bloodbath. You want to talk about business decisions, as we talked about earlier. There's going to be a lot of business decisions made. Denzel Mims, family emergency, just read that before the pod. Very unlikely to play uh, this weekend because he won't be able to get back from Texas in time and pass COVID protocols. So down a, a pretty significant weapon in the Jets offense. Uh, 
think Seattle wins this by at least 17. There will be a ton of garbage time in this. Uh, I don't see Pete Carroll taking his foot off the pedal after a embarrassing loss at home. So give me the 13 and a half spread. I'm taking the Seahawks versus the Jets. Yeah, if this was off of a win for the Seahawks, uh, I would I would lean it, I guess, just because who on earth would be able to bet the Jets on the road in this kind of situation. But, man, I, I really like the fact that it's Pete Carroll. You know, they lost. Uh, Jets are bleeding, and Pete Carroll would love nothing more than to hang 42 on the Jets right now. So, yeah, I like that, and I kind of like the over for that reason as well. I the The over was actually one of my honorable mentions here that I, I don't have an actual – play for but um i do have a play on something i'll be quick with this one because you already said it zach i got the bucks minus six and a half this is actually going to be my first big bank play um the matchup besides everything that you said you know you covered the things I, I i started with but the x factor i think for me is uh tom brady at home off of a buy when they're not playing well versus a, a bottom tier younger more specifically younger defense in the vikings and i think uh, getting margin here is not going to be an issue for Tom Brady. Obviously, they need to win. So, you know, as usual, I like your your teaser, very thought out teaser. But uh, I'm comfortable with laying the six and a half. I would really love to get Well, I did get this before it got to seven. But for those betters out there, hopefully you're listening to it before Saturday, because I bet you this gets to seven. And I would not be surprised if this creeps over to seven and a half, possibly eight. So I would get on this as quick as you can. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't really uh, – I can't say too much because I, I think that uh, – Joe, I, I agree with what everything that you're saying, but I think that a lot of um, – and Zach had mentioned this too – I think that a lot of it is contingent on an offense that, quite frankly, the Bucks just don't run. Uh, Zach was saying get back to the nigga dunk thing. That has not been ever in the playbook of Byron Leftwich. So it is one of those things where I, I hope you're right. I think that um, if they do go to – if, if this gets to a seven and a half or eight, you know, me as a fan, I will be uh, buying back in on the Vikings. I think that, you know, a lot of people are saying, yeah, the Bucks need this game for the playoffs. But if the Vikings don't win this game, uh, they, they pretty much are not making the playoffs. So I, I like a little bit of extra motivation there. I think, uh, you know, under a touchdown, I think it's a, a slam dunk. I think anything over that, I would definitely be, bu- be buying in on that. Yeah, definitely. There's actually a sneaky motivational edge for the Vikings. You're, you're definitely right there. Um, I think what the Vikings do the best is run the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think what the Bucks do um, better than a lot of people think, I think their right. their rush defense numbers, like statistics-wise, are pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. they, they kind of – they've lost a couple of close games and they got blown out earlier. So, obviously, people don't um, – you know, they're not giving them much much credit at all. But, I mean, in the in the beginning to the middle of the season, they were really stopping the run. So, I think they can – keep Dalvin Cook under 100, and I think that's the recipe to win this game and get margin. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that a lot of people, too, um, another reason why I think the public will get this above seven, which is where I will be buying in, um, they look at the score lines and they don't actually watch the game. Uh, the Jaguars are actually two tipped balls away from only scoring 13 against the Vikings. Uh, same with the Bears. The Bears are a kickoff return away from getting shut out pretty much. And, uh, of course, a couple of bounces and stuff. I don't know. If, I, I know everyone saw the LaVisca Chenault touchdown that the Jaguars threw uh, where it was really a pick six that <laughs> ricocheted off at Harrison Smith's shoulder pad and went right to Chenault, who was standing alone in the end zone. But also the pick, uh, the, the pick six that Cousins threw was a tip ball in the air kind of thing. So I think a couple of bounces away from having the public. Uh, I think the Vikings were a couple of bounces away in two games to having this spread be about three and a half to four. So I think it's one of those things where um, – you know, I still like it under a touchdown. 
I would say I would buy in on the Bucks, but the, the Bucks just haven't shown me enough personally. And of course, this was the Vikings bias hour, so I will shut up now. <laughs> now I I see what you guys are saying, and the Bucks are so strange to me. Not just because on paper they look like you know the the sexy Super Bowl team that's going to win it all, but we keep I I feel like I keep forgetting how how well they play because they do have seven wins this year. I mean that's got to count for something. Uh, and out of their five losses, two of them are to the Saints, who I think a lot of us can agree are probably the best team in the NFC. Uh, so, you know, so three losses, otherwise the bucks are doing something right. They're just not putting the product on there. And it, and it could be because we watch them in prime time where a lot of their losses have come from. But I, I feel like this week, like I had mentioned before, bucks really want to take themselves seriously. They're probably not going to win the division. They're still in the division race, but the saints are just too good right now. And, uh, if they, you know, there's three wild card spots and for the bucks to not close out this season with a, a handful of wins and to get that spot, that would be, that would be disaster in, in Tampa Bay. I think you guys could agree with me. That would be, huh? Oh yes. Bring back Tom Brady the next year. Do we bring back Bruce Arians next year? Or do we just, do we take advantage of a good defense still and actually build something um, that's not going to rely on two old guys who are, I mean, let's face it. They're retiring. If they, if they win the Super Bowl this year, Arians is gone. Brady's gone. So, that that's how I see that the Bucks absolutely need to win, and I just think they could cover because they're they're a superior team. Um, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna go into my big bank picks, which I'm not as passionate about, uh, but, but I'll do my best. Um, this week has been really difficult for me for spreads because it's week 14. Um, your favorites are not they're not your typical favorites, and and I kind of want to go back to uh, your play, Zach, the the Seahawks, the Seahawks. I, I like the play because they just came off a loss and they have the Pete Carroll post game was not happy. And in fact, he was flat out. I don't know if you guys watched it. He was flat out confused. He's like, uh, I don't know what they were throwing us. Like he had no answers. He's going to go to this team. Let's play our Seattle brand of football. Like you said, Zach, let's crush these Seahawks. Right. Then you go. So I like that large spread. But then you go last week, and none of us chose the Chiefs last week for good reason, because that was a large spread, and we knew that the Broncos were going to give them everything that they could after getting embarrassed the week before without a quarterback. So, again, it's great to listen to us because we provide this insight. But if you're just looking at lines, you're not watching the plays. You have to be very careful about taking these double-digit spreads in December and think about the relevancy that each team has to the playoffs and which teams now you're having uh, on the other side, you know, like the Jets are going to fire everybody. These, these players are playing for their next contracts. You know, they're going to get released. These coaches are going to get released. So you have to keep looking at that. So that's why I'm having difficulty with spreads this week. Um, I might, you guys might convince me to take a spread as my last big bank pick. But for now, I got two totals that are both uh, one and a half units each. All right, lay it on me. So I'm going to go back to an old favorite and someone we talked about at the top. Saints at Eagles. This was surprising to me. This total is 44 at the moment. And I think that's low. So I'm taking the over on that one. In fact, it's been, uh, it's being bought down because it was at 45 and a half at one point. So let's just say, let, let me just get out what the public's probably thinking. Saints have Taysom Hill. Eagles suck. And they're starting a rookie quarterback. 
fine. If that's your lazy narrative, you can say that. I see this. I see the Saints on a 3-0 winning streak since starting Taysom Hill, in which the lowest points they've scored is 21. They scored 24, 31, and 21 points. I see a Saints team that might even have Drew Brees back this week, and his low for the season was 24 points. No? Is he not coming back? No, oh. they, they just said that he's he's like throwing and stuff, but oh, okay. I, I, don't th- I don't think he's going to come back like in the regular season personally. That's- Oh, gotcha. I, I heard that he might have started this week, but that I could he started his he started his like rehab, like he's back practicing, but like there's like under a five percent chance he plays. But yeah, oh, I think that, that might be coach speak to get the Eagles to have to prep for Breeze too, just yeah. to kind of throw them off. Could be. E- either way, I've been wrong about Taysom Hill. I still don't think he's this lights out quarterback, but he's obviously competent enough. And the Saints, what they're doing with their quarterbacks with Bridgewater last year, it's working. The coaching is tremendous. So I see them scoring a lot of points. The If you're watching the Eagles, a lot of the problems are with Carson Wentz. So starting Jalen Hurts is an upgrade. Hurts is not going to try to play Superman on every play, do everything with his, his arm, do everything with his legs. He's going to take the coaching well, because don't forget Carson Wentz now, Super Bowl, Doug Peterson. You know, he's probably trying to do too much at the line. Hurts is going to take who I still think is a decent coach, Doug Peterson. I just think it's been such a weird year for them. He's going to take the game plan. They're going to hang tough with the Saints. I I would be shocked if there was a win. However, the Saints on a nine-game winning streak, I wouldn't be surprised if they put up something of a dud by their standards as well. Um, And I just think that this total – I'm looking at 23 points by one team and 21 from another – Again, I know the Eagles' offense hasn't looked too great. They don't really have a lot of skilled players, uh, especially their receivers. But something tells me that this one is going to be um, just just higher than than what the public is saying. I'm fading the public on this, um, and and the pu- I don't even know what the spread is. I don't even write it down. The because- spread is yeah. seven, and this is a great segue. Uh, I'm going to skip out of turn because I have the Eagles plus seven. Here we go. All right. Hit me with it. Fading the public, and I love it, John, because by talking about the overhitting and the Eagles, you've pretty much wrote half my handicap for me, which you're about to hear. Uh, you've said a lot of the similar things I did. All right? I love the spark of naming Hurts the quarterback. Why do I love it? Because you are going to see a more conservative play call from the Eagles, which is going to benefit them because currently Carson Wentz Leads the league in turnovers, both fumbles and interceptions. Had to look up some stats on this before I convinced myself to take this, and my stats actually helped me with this handicap and realize that I'm not crazy. The Eagles' defense is actually not as bad as you would think they are. Uh, they are legitimately an upper upper middle in almost every statistical defensive metric, which was shocking to me for how bad the Eagles have played. Their biggest problem is Carson Wentz. When you fumble and throw picks, what do you do? You switch field positions. Eagles opponent's starting field position is close to the 38-yard line. How does that average get there? Turnovers. I'm not saying the Eagles are going to be able to win this game outright, but getting a touchdown to a surprise, giving a touchdown to a well-rounded team with a quarterback who we talked about the effect of not having tape on them. Well, guess what? The only tape you have on Jalen Hurts so far is whatever he did in college and Doug Peterson's terrible third and short play call where Jalen Hurts just comes and runs at the line of scrimmage, right? Not to mention, 
not really so sold on Taysom Hill yet either. Last week was the first week they actually showcased his arm. He had a couple passing touchdowns, but I, I don't think he's a world beater either. Uh, and for that reason, I think that the Jalen Hurts quarterback switch is just the spark that the Eagles needed. I think the Eagles are going to sneaky cover here. I do have a little tidbit on the money line just in case it does happen. Um, but I love the spread. I love the touchdown. And honestly, would not be surprised if we see this go up to seven and a half, eight before kickoff. So mm-hmm. I would be confident even waiting a little bit. I think the Eagles are going to cover this one. So there are two things that I just wanted to comment on. Um, one, you, Zach, you, you hit it. And John, I, I, I hate to, I hate to say this, but if I had to pick a side, I would pick the under in this game. And the reason being is that it's outdoors in Philadelphia in December. Yes. Taysom Hill's a runner, which keeps the clock going. Jalen Hurts is a runner, which keeps the clock going. It's one of those things. Yeah, Doug Peterson's going to – I think that for Zach's play, the under is probably the game script that will hit. And if not, then it will be the over Being, game script that will hit. Um, in my notes I have, it's in New Orleans. Okay. Well, then I could I could, I could, have that wrong. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm 100% wrong. No, I think it's in Philly. Okay. It is in Philly, which okay. actually makes me like this even more. So, yay. Okay. Yeah, I think, Zach, I would, if I were you, I would parlay that with the under because it, in an under game script, the points are way more valuable. And another thing that I will mention, too, is that the Saints are literally the best rushing defense since the 2000 Baltimore Ravens in DVOA. They have the best efficiency. Their defense is actually no joke. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts might provide a spark, but at the same time, I just really can't see. Uh, I I hate to I hate to go go ahead and just you know uh, go right against one of your plays, but I just can't see the over really. Um, so I, you know, what do you, think, a, what do you think the final score would be? Uh, twenty to twenty to thirteen, maybe. Wow. So so do you see the Saints then? That, like they're just not going to play that well against the Eagles, D, no, or they're just not going to wake up. You know what it is? The, the Eagles are sneaky top ten in, in all defensive metrics as well. So it's one of those things. If you get a drive where it's you know Murray and then two carries from Hill, you got a punt, and then with a running clock and punts, that's uh, for me. That's just not a really good uh, game script. Uh, now the one saving grace though is that you did get a really you know low number that which is which is good. I mean, I think right now you could be rooting for like. You know, in the fourth quarter, have it be 23 to 17 kind of thing. And if you look at the last Eagles game, too, against the Packers, um, a punt return and then a, a very fluky 78-yard Aaron Jones touchdown run. Yeah. Imagine if that game was 14 points lower, then at this point, this total would probably come out even lower. I think it's one of those things also, that, they, yeah, the Eagles really say- struggle to move the ball. I mean, the Eagles offense might be improved, but the Saints defense is yeah. absolutely no joke. And another thing, too, is what I like is, right, like when the Eagles played Seattle, like Darius Slay got absolutely torn apart by DK Metcalf, right? Devontae Adams absolutely tore apart the secondary. The Saints, they're going to play more ball control. They're going to be more, you know, Latavius Murray, ground and pound, Kamara out of the backfield. Michael Thomas, yeah, he's a great receiver, but he's not the same, like, he's not the same receiver as the two they just played. And I think that the Saints are going to, if they're going to win this game, which I think they do ultimately, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the short short receptions, running the ball, and eating clock. So I would have to, you know, in that handicap, I'm going to have to side with the team. But with that being said, John, you've been on a tear. Yep. And I don't want to bring you down. I was but I just say- said for my handicap to hit, 
The under. I think the game script of the under. If you're a Saints backer, then absolutely the over should you right. know, play into favor I, there. I, I just think that and, – and listen, it's fair play to the under. I mean, I'm not – like I said, I'm not as heartened in this as I guess I maybe should be at this point. <laughs> what I see, if, if I predict what I think is going to happen – First of all, that is you hit it, Dean. That is such a low number. I have to jump on it. In right. fact, I got I got the uh, I won a recent total with the Ravens and Steelers, which I grabbed at like like thirty seven or something. Yeah, yeah. Super, super low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like taking the overs in those situations. I mean, who doesn't like taking overs in general? But um, I think that if the uh, Saints come out, like I said, nine game winning streak. We just saw what happened with the Steelers. I'm not saying the Saints offense is going to slump. I think the Saints defense might be a little bit confused by what Jalen Hurts is going to do. And I think it's going to be a close back and forth. So, um, you know, a 23 to 21, that'll push, right? Um, and, and hey, a 30 to 21 is a hit. So um, the possibilities are there. I'll definitely keep an eye on the lines. Mm-hmm. If it does keep going down, I mean, certainly works in my favor. If it keeps going up, though, I mean, this is not a – a, uh, a total I would take at 49, 50 points. So, so one play that I think would uh, be the middle of both plays is the uh, Eagles team total of over 18 and a half. So John, obviously in order for your total to hit, the Eagles have to score like in the twenties, Zach, of course, if the Eagles put up points then they'll have a chance. So maybe, maybe you guys look team sure. total too in the personal ledger. That might be something that, that makes mine, but you know, he's been quiet a little bit. Uh, the guy who's been nine and one, in the last three weeks. So, so Joe, <laughs> make some noise. Move, move your move your throat a little bit. Blah, blah. Dude, you guys uh, you guys nailed that. You split it every way. I mean, I can't really get at that game, but I think I'm going to make some enemies with this next pick if you guys are ready. So I got Steelers' money line against the Bills. I'm throwing away the points. Uh, I got to make up a little more ground, even though I have done extremely well the past month. Um, I still got to do do a little more work. I need I need a nice like one and two or like zero oh and three stretch for for Zach here. So I will be. You had it. I was zero oh and six uh, before I, this, man. I'm still six years out. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? Like you went zero oh and six, and I went nine and one, and I'm still in last. So that shows you the <laughs> meteoric uh, just downtrend I was on, which is pretty crazy. But mm. uh, allow me to expand a little bit on Steelers Bills. Uh, I think this is going to be, and I also sneaky like the over here. I'm leaning with the over. Um, one thing about the Bills, defensively, they are poor. Um, offensively, they have uh, just a ton of – I don't even want to say weapons because it's not really weapons, but, man, their coaching staff, it, they're, it's like McVay Jr. You know, they really know what they're doing. They put people in a lot of positions where uh, they know that they can succeed. You know, Josh Allen rolling out to his right is as good as anyone, you know, but unfortunately for Josh Allen – Uh, If I know that, Mike Tomlin knows that. And I think that their defense uh, is going to be absurdly ready and they're going to swallow him just with four. I think they're only going to need to rush four uh, to keep Josh Allen in the pocket and make sure he doesn't do any crazy things. But um, let me try to like, let me give you like point by point reason here instead of just saying that I have the Steelers high in my power ratings and the the Bills still, I I shouldn't say rather low, but not as high as everyone else does. So if we go back to Redskins Steelers, everyone obviously upgraded the Redskins. Sorry, I keep doing that. The Washington football team, everyone, you know, they obviously upgraded them because they played well. So if you're upgrading Washington, you can't downgrade Pittsburgh as well. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you can, maybe that's how certain power ratings work for you. But, um, you know, I, I, what I saw in the Washington team, I was more impressed than what I saw 
with Pittsburgh. I saw Pittsburgh dropping a lot of balls. That happened two games in a row with Pittsburgh. Um, I really don't see that continuing. I mean, granted, Deontay Johnson is quite young. We don't know what he is yet. Dean made a great point when we were talking and watching the game. He's really good when he can actually hang on to the ball. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. When I, when I look at guys in the NFL, I don't, I don't really equate uh, – mm. not that drops are, you know, you shouldn't just throw them away. You should obviously look at that. But I look at that kind of like high variance, almost like special teams plays. So I think that the Steelers' offense kind of lulled people to sleep. They were in primetime games the past two weeks. They were getting a lot of media attention. Everyone was kind of annoyed watching the games because they were like unbelievable. I can't this. I can't believe that there's no Lamar. I can't believe this game got flexed to a five o'clock uh, Monday game. They're already getting negative attention, and then they just didn't produce offensively. However, their defense was spectacular. So I think that they are going to be able to go into Buffalo. Josh Allen does not do well against. Uh, anyone who is in the top 10 in defenses. The statistics are quite alarming when you just split uh, between awful teams, uh, mid-range teams, and playoff teams. He does not do well against any playoff teams, and that's something that I really want to get at here. So I, I'm looking for the Steelers to bounce back big time. They got the whole undefeated monkey off their back, and I think that – I mean, Ben's throwing for like – he's throwing 50 times a game now. So this over – I to be honest, I should have played the over instead of the Steelers. But oh, you are rolling out the red carpet for me. So I actually dude, do agree. Go, with go that. for it because the and, over is absolutely going to hit. Take take it away, dude. And I have uh, Buffalo versus Pittsburgh over forty six and a half, and it's kind of a an indictment on the public perception. They always think, oh, Steelers, Tomlin, good defense. Well, they have cluster injuries. Devin Bush torn ACL. Bud Dupree torn ACL. Robert Spillane not going to play in this one. Uh, the Bills, uh, as I said off the top. They got, they're getting a little bit more healthy, but I think it's one of those things that they can beat you offensively in so many ways. Having these great cover linebackers not in the game, I think, will really affect them. Um, the Bills and Steelers both really struggle running the ball. Devin Singletary sucks. There, I said it. Also, Benny Snell sucks. <laughs> uh, of course, the Steelers are going to get uh, James Conner back, which, which should help them. But at the same time, if I get the game script of – Ben versus Josh Allen, where they're both dropping back and ball in their hand every single time. Joe, you mentioned it too. High variance are drops. And it was a meteoric type of stat line when it came to drops. I believe now I, I couldn't find it because this is actually very hard to find. But I think Ebron and Deontay Johnson combined. I'm not joking for about nine drops in the last two games. It's one of those things playing three NFL games in 12 days is very difficult. Steelers go back. They lick their wounds. Mike Tomlin even said in a press conference today, he said, if someone drops the ball, they're not playing the rest of the game. So hopefully that'll light a fire. <laughs> and they, you know what it was too, is the level of drop. I know that the NFL kind of, um, they keep stats on this, although it was very hard to find, which is why I don't have an exact number for you. And I'm not a stat boy. I, I'm, you know, on the main panel, but it's one of those things that I was trying to look up, you know, drops and stuff. And it's kind of um, up in the air. You know, if you throw one, 10 feet over Odell Beckham Jr. and he gets a fingertip on it. Are you calling that a drop? I'm calling that an overthrow. You know what I mean? The drops that the Steelers had were legitimate drops. Like Deontay Johnson over the middle, ball hits his hands and he's looking at the defender and the ball hits the ground. I think it's going to be one of those things that they're going to slow down. They're going to, and honestly, I think the drops were a sign of fatigue. I think it was just too many games and too short a window. They got a normal week of prep. I think they're going to really focus. Tomlin already said, if you drop a ball, I'm going to fuck you. 
And I think that the Steelers are going to kind of get, get that. Joe, great point, too. They got the monkey off their back of being undefeated. I think that both offenses are going to come out. Steelers with cluster injuries and the Bills with, quite frankly, just not a great defense. I already said 19th in DVOA. Don't let them don't let them bullying Nick Mullins convince you that they have a really good defense. Game totals below the NFL league average. I think that this game is clearly going to be um, each team gets in the 20s and 30s. An honorable mention was I was going to take the Bills team total over 24, um, which I think was a pretty good number. I just think that with this cluster injury situation in the middle linebacker, the interior linebacker area, I think it's going to be re- that will play very nicely into what the Bills do with a lot of these slants and uh, gimmicky, you know, wheels and stuff like that. I think it's going to really test the safeties and uh, not so much the corners. I think that a lot of the Bills passing games are slants and short plays with Diggs running some of the deeper routes. Um, Of course, I think that the Bills are going to be able to move the ball. And then I think the Steelers are going to just improve on offense. A lot of people look, guys, I I don't know if you guys know this, but in in a loss at home to the Washington football team, Benny Snell had eight carries for five yards. That is not going to keep you in any football game. It's actually a miracle that they didn't lose by like 15. All right, that's not even a Benny Snell. Yeah. Any smell? You saw the meme. Yes. Dude, Shana. I'll tell you what, Dean. Last point here real quick, mm-hmm. Zach and John, before you guys weigh in. Yeah. Um, I need to make up ground here big time, right? Mm-hmm. So we already know I like the over. We know I like the Steelers' money line. Now, this is not really correlated in any way. I mean, the mm-hmm. Steelers could lose and the over could hit and vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and I do not recommend this, uh, but I would parlay <laughs> these in my official big bank. So that's plus ah, 325. Wow, uh, I got one unit on that because I got to right. look. I got to start. If this was week four, mm-hmm. I would just take the Steelers. But uh, look, I got to do it, man. I got to make up the ground. So there that's, we go. that's my lock here. I'm I'm upgrading that. All right, that's wow. nice. I love that. Joe's chasing those big odds. I, I just don't like either side enough. I'm just going to root for points. And, and this just in. Never done this on Big Bank before. Ooh. I'm changing my Saints Eagles bet. Zach, I'm wow. with you. Ooh. Yep. I'm there with you. you. I'm taking the Eagles with the points. All right. That is the first <laughs> time that it's ever happened in the 100-plus episodes of this yep. podcast. A full My handicap. handicap was so strong <laughs> that John joined ship. Man, I hope I don't I wish I could do that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive. You know what it was? I, w- I realized I wasn't passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And why would I give a play like that if I don't tru- – it's like I believe it because I could see it happening Monday – where you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah, like that was such a low number. It definitely would have hit. But I didn't – it just wasn't the right reason. You guys convinced me. And, and you're right. It is going to be a closer game. That's what I really believe. That's what it is. I believe mm-hmm. it will be a closer game. Right. I don't take New Orleans because I believe they're due for a dud game. So mm-hmm. I will take – listen, taking the uh, NFC East team with the spread last week had me perfect. Let's keep it rolling. Six and a half. All right. We'll now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. There we well, go. It's your I, turn, it, dude. Everyone's given two plays, it, so let's hear your second. Okay. I had – so I did I, – I'm furiously scribbling notes. Let me – um. I had another – let me talk about the other total that I had, and who knows, maybe you guys will talk me out of this one. Um, I, I was looking at um, – and I have to do the, the checking. Zach bets the Bears all the time. I feel like I tend to bet the Rams. I probably bet the Rams once every other or every three weeks. Uh, and in this case, you guys write about them last week, spreads I'm confused about. So I'm just going to take the team uh, – I'm sorry, the total for the whole game, Rams versus Patriots, under 46. And I'm squeezing a little bit because the line, I think, is at 45 or 44 and a half. 
So I'm looking at 46 at minus 125 odds. So I will I will lose a little bit of money to hit that number a little bit better. Um, why do I think this? Well, let's look at last week, right? 45 to nothing drubbing by New England. Not happening again. In fact, that I think that tied or was the highest shutout victory in franchise history. That is absolutely not happening again against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. No fucking way. And an actual good coach in Sean McVay. Uh, and on the Rams side, the Rams just took care of a uh, an NFC West opponent, but correctly predicted that game would go over. So um, 38 points against the Cardinals. I see this as... What was the most recent history between these two teams? Yes, there was Tom Brady. The Super Bowl. Super Bowl. There mm-hmm. you go. Coaching is exactly the same. Bill Belichick definitely has a read on Goff because in that Super Bowl, he game-planned Todd Gurley out of the game, dared Goff to throw, and Goff was miserable. And guess what? Goff's been kind of miserable this season. So um, after such a good performance, let's take that roller coaster. Let's ride it down now. So I think that um, Goff will have a weak game. He's going to get confused by the Patriots like he did in the Super Bowl. Uh, and I honestly think the Patriots are not going to have an easy time running the ball. I think Cam Newton only had how many yards passing last week? Was it less not, than I think it was uh, 80. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I just see a ton of points not being scored in this game, which, again, to the layman would look like, hey, these guys just put up a ton of points. They must be really good. No. No, they're not. Uh, they're – there, this is one of those games that could very well wind up a 13-3 to again. And it's a write-off. In a way, I think the Patriots could also win. I considered taking them straight up money line. Maybe I'll do that for the dog pound. Um, but in this case, I hate taking unders because it's just not fun football. It's like how to ruin football if you like watching a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just can't imagine uh, you know, a high-scoring affair between these two teams who have had their struggles uh, and have earned their records, rightfully so. I mean, the Rams are 8-4. and four. They're very good, um, but they're, again, they're not perfect. And you catch the Rams on a bad day, you'll be able to beat them. Um, and just some defensive statistics. Uh, I see that the Rams are the third best against the rush this year on defense. And look at this. The Patriots are the third best in rushing offense this year. So – it's, it's when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. <laughs> yeah, I think – going to happen in the clash? I think the under is the only play in this game. Uh, you know, that five and a half uh, I feel is, is a little bit difficult. I, I, John, I was actually looking up um, as far as – I like to see how these teams have performed uh, with Vegas. Like, for example, Miami is nine and three against the spread on the year. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I might be uh, looking at a little bit more closely when they play the Jets. They might be like – minus 16 and a half or something just so that Vegas gets that even money and uh, they want every team to be eight and eight. So it's one of those things that there's also metrics on uh, how often do these teams go over and under uh, and both uh, the Rams and the Patriots go under often the Patriots really Cam Newton cannot throw the football at all. He had under a hundred yards passing and all of it is just quarterback power. So that'll keep the clock running kind of similar to what we were saying about the Eagles game. It's uh, a running clock. Uh, the Rams, uh, Sean McVay is an offensive genius. So if I had to, um, if I had to pick a side, I would definitely pick the Rams. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, that's actually uh, my next play. I got Rams by five and a half. As long as it stays under a touchdown, I'd love to keep this under six, actually, because it seems like every time, every game I watch, there's a missed extra point now. I don't know why. That's obviously not uh, mm. factual, but that's why I'd like to get it at six instead of seven. Um, but, yeah, I mean, John, well said. I mean, we know that this game is going to be um, – 
you know, kind of like one in the trenches, I guess, just because of the lack of passing here. Goff at home uh, is a different animal. You know, he's he's not uh, he's not good under pressure and he's not good on the road. But at home, um, you know, there just seems to be something special about uh, well, just look at stats. I mean, I, I don't have to say anything else besides that. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a classic case of McVeigh um, on a short week putting stuff in that's just in, literally just impossible to stop. I mean, you watch some Rams games and they just have drives where it's like eight plays, seven yards of play, and they just score. And it's like, okay, there was no pressure in Goff's face. There was no – no one was in coverage. There were four guys open every play. And I think it's just going to be a lot of that, you know. And, and the Pats winning 45 nothing last week uh, just really makes me want to fade them pretty bad. So – yeah, unfortunately, I think the Pats are going to drop this one. Big uh, revenge game here for McVay as well. Uh, I lean to the under. Like you guys said, that's the only game script I can see here. I'll, I'll definitely be doing a DFS lineup because I love playing the unders. But, um, man, there are so many options here for, for the Rams and as well as the Pats because there's no real superstars. So it's going to be hard to build out a DFS lineup. But uh, we'll see what we can do. But I like Rams uh, five and a half. That'll round out all three of my picks here, boys. We will have to put a disclaimer when we publish the podcast on all of our socials that we have two big bank plays that are Thursday night football for the first time all year because we are recording on Wednesday night. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll need to make sure we, we publish that to make sure people get their listening in early. Definitely. Listen on the way to work tomorrow or wherever you go. If you don't have a job, uh, you know, definitely want to be listening on the edge of your seat so that we can make your living. Yep. And the last game, me and Dean are going to split here. And I'll start it off because I know that we have the same game because the Raiders are fucking terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. The Raiders, horrific, stinky, no good defense. I have the Colts minus three for my last unit. Uh, this is an eye-popping number to me. All right, listen to this. Last eight games, the Raiders have given up an average of 28 points per game. All right, that sounds bad. But then you include that one of those eight games – they played in Cleveland with 40-mile-per-hour winds and rain, and the Browns only scored six. Mm. So this team should have lost to the Chargers, and they should have lost to the Jets. They are not playing to what their record indicates at all. 20th overall rush and 18th overall pass defense, and you could have fooled me because in taking a page of Dean's book, Zach's defensive power rankings, I only have Seattle, Dallas, and the Jets worse than the Raiders' defense. On the opposite side of the ball, we have a top 10 defense and offense of the Colts, who I will admit I have been outspoken about throughout this year about how the strength of schedule and inflates their statistics. But this is a must-win game if they want to try and grab that division title from the Titans. To me, the Raiders are trending in the complete opposite direction of the Colts. They've had way too much of that turnover luck, as we like to call it. Yeah, definitely, Zach. And uh, sorry, sorry to step on you, but uh, you know, you just got me so excited. Um, yeah, I also have the Colts minus three. Um, it's actually funny. I, I haven't really mentioned the model uh, much recently, but I do make this Indy minus five. I'll gladly take the extra points. Uh, the Raiders basically lost to the Jets. And here's the question for the panel. A little Dean asks, if you will, uh, what would they make this game if the Raiders actually did lose? You know, six or seven. Yeah, it'd be probably yeah, oh, yeah. a touchdown. I think the fact that people just look at the score and they don't really care about what happened or what the mitigating factors were. So I think the Raiders are absolutely incapable of stopping the run. And DVOA agrees with me because they're 31st in effective rushing defense. Uh, they're the third most P 
penalized team in the past three games, which is actually very interesting, uh, allowing almost eight penalties per game. It's one of those things I always look at that. If you give me free possessions and free first downs, uh, that's something that I always want to back. I think the the Colts running backs are going to have a huge day. Um, and, of course, they have a bunch. They have uh, Wilkins, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. I think that, um, of course, naming players is not a handicap. But I think that they're going to absolutely run them out of the building. Um, we're not surpri- I would not be surprised to see this being a blowout, quite frankly. Um, I, Indy is still in the hunt of winning the division. Um, and it's one of those things that, yeah, the Raiders are seven and five, but they had some horrible missteps along the way. So uh, give me the Colts minus three. Zach, do you have anything that you want to add on to that? Dude, you nailed it all. I just more or less the, the Raiders have played significantly worse than what their record shows. Uh, and really they should have lost to several horrible teams. I know that sounds like a lazy handicap, but this is just two teams trending in complete opposite directions. I feel like anytime the line is at three, it's it's the outcome of the game is very rarely that three points. It's always like that trap game, right? The mm-hmm. like Raiders Falcons was three points. The Falcons won by 40. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just yeah. a matter of picking the side. And I think that the public kind of likes the Raiders, uh, Love they love John Gruden. They love I don't know. Like the Raiders have a very public following. To me, this is a no-brainer. I would honestly be absolutely shocked if the Raiders won this game outright. Yeah, and it's kind of similar to um during that game too, that uh where the Raiders got blown out. It was one of those things that I was saying. It seems that the public crowned them as a Super Bowl contender after what? Holding the Chiefs close? Is that even is that I mean close only counts in uh horseshoes and Something else. I'm going to butcher that. Hand but, grenades. Anyway. <laughs> Hand grenades. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. But it's one of those things where it's like, you know, okay, fine. They lost to the Chiefs on national TV um, by not playing defense. And now we're just going to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, they're they're definitely playoff worthy. No, they're not. They fucking suck. So, uh, if there's, yeah, if there's one thing you should learn from this podcast is that division games are fucky. Yep. Anything can happen in division game. Uh, that's a good parlay into my dog pound. I, was just, I don't want to go yet unless everyone else uh, – I'm not sure, Dean. Do you why have why don't pick? we uh, Why don't we go around the horn and just recap our picks? So go ahead. Yeah, Hold on. left, including a triple like on the Colts minus three. It's oh. our <laughs> week. Of course the Colts are going to cover, and of course they're going to win. The Raiders were a great Williams play call away from losing to the Jets. This is a team that is awful. This is a team – that will probably lose out. That's how bad they are. There you go. No-brainer pick. I'm sorry. I was, I was getting a little animated. No, it's okay. Pretty John, passionate. John, John was raising his hand, and we were we were steamrolling him. So one of those things, too, where, guys, are we 3-0 and on triple likes? I'd have to listen back, but I'm pretty confident that our any time a like was at least triple liked at one. Yeah, it was a, I believe Colts against the Packers was a quadruple like. Shout out to Mikey. And then um, last week, the Saints was a triple like as well. So right. we're definitely undefeated in those. But, yeah, um, we get triple agreement here. Uh, Joe, do you want to place a bet on that? <laughs> what, with uh, – sorry, what do you mean, on the triple agreement? Yeah, are, are, do you want to make it, do you wanna make it a quad? Dude, you know what? Let's do it. Are, are you kidding me? You Woo! guys are champions, and I love you all. There make we go. Make it happen. So I, th- I think we're ready for a little segment that we uh, get barking for. 
All right, guys, as your dog pound leader, we know that Zach likes to go first for the big bank um, because he's the big bank leader. As the dog pound leader, I'm actually going to defer. So, uh, so someone hit me with a dog pound that they like. I'll jump. I in. would. Oh, unless John, you... go for oh, it, dude. No. You've earned it. What's up? <laughs> I said you've earned it. You know what? Since me and you can't decide, how about Zach goes first? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You know, it's funny because I literally said pre-podcast that I was very, very much struggling to take a dog pound. And gentlemen, you do it. <laughs> oh, no. You know what's coming? I'm taking the Giants. Plus 120. Ooh. Zach, Zach I'm with you. All right. Arizona coming. This is, this is dangerous. The two Giants fans are betting the Giants. This, this has worked out real <laughs> well in the past. Are we going to have – our team is riding – the highest of highs this season, four-game winning streak. The Cardinals are Seattle light. They're less talented. Patrick Graham confused the fuck out of Russell Wilson. He's going to do the same thing to second-year quarterback Kyler Murray, who's on a downswing, who are one Hail Murray away from being on a five-game losing streak. This is two ships passing in the night. The Giants yes. are – <laughs> there it is. The Gi- I know I'm like totally I'm taking this entire handicap from you. And, I, and I'm doing this for a reason, because this is actually going to be also part of my big bank. I'm going to parlay my last big bank pick for one unit is parlaying the Giants money line and the under of 45 and a half, because the Giants are essentially going to not exactly repeat their formula from last week, but they're most likely going to get Daniel Jones back. Joe Judge has said he's going to rely on the eye test to see how he looks in practice. They're not going to hold him out very long because this is a Giants team that's leading the division and would host a playoff game tomorrow, should they start. I think that the Giants and Patrick Graham, and uh, who's done a, a tremendous job with the players brought in from free agency to make the Giants defense a legitimate threat, not just something that we say, hey, they're, they're top 10 in this metric, so they're going to be tough. No, no, no. They're one of the toughest defenses in the league right now. And if you're an NFC team, I'd be fucking scared of what the Giants can do. I mean, there's 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 no saying. I know it, it. I'm getting head shakes. Listen, the Giants are not a perfect team. They have seven losses on the season. Yes, they started out 0-5. But what have you done for me lately? 4-2. and two. We beat the Seahawks. It's not just about division wins at the moment. We beat a legitimate NFC team. This is confidence for a team. This is validation that what Joe Judge has started in the offseason and beyond is starting to work. And if this were a regular COVID-free uh, season, if Saquon Barkley was in this game, I mean, you're talking sky's the limit for this team. So I'm riding the high. It could be a little home cooking here, but um, probably never a better time to take the Giants because they have looked the very best. And not for nothing, Washington winning last week puts the pressure on them. So they can't afford to drop. This is probably one of the – them in Dallas in Week 17 is probably the winnable games. They face Cleveland and the Ravens after uh, Sunday. And those are going to be much, much tougher against but, much better teams. I have to jump in here and just say, you know, you know what they say about ifs. You can't go, oh, if Barkley was in. Well, yeah, if, if Kirk Cousins was 6'8 and jacked and fast – the Vikings would be undefeated. That's a that's a huge if he he got hurt. That's, well, your, that's your if is a lot more fantastical than my if. They have him. I don't know, man. Let, you, let, you can't you can't right. say that. You can't go let, if he didn't get hurt. Let me hurt. let me interject here. All right, I I will try and not play the homework card. To me, Saquon Barkley is irrelevant. I mean, let's be real. Right. 
Oh no, we got we got a little bit of uh he's stuck in carbonite here. But you know what's funny? I, I was just gonna give you some shit about being uh you know, the devil's advocate there, but actually my dog pound as well is the Giants. It's mainly because it's the most I couldn't believe that they were not favored in this mm -hmm. game. It's one of those things where, um, like you like you were saying, John, he uh excuse me, the Giants, um, they need the game. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray is extremely injured. Uh, he's clearly not running anymore. I think that this uh, now I will say I, I'm going to put my caveat on this. This is the trap game of the week. This game might actually close at Giants minus two and a half. This is the biggest trap. I would not be shocked if the Cardinals come out humming and throwing the ball around. But last week I was learned a valuable lesson is that coaching when you have a good coach versus a bad coach. I think that it's a very clear you have to give the now the other team. Joe Judge has proved he's a good coach. Cliff Kingsbury has proved that he's not that good of a coach. And I think it's one of those things where the Cardinals offense has not been the same since that first Seattle win. And I think it's one of those things where they don't really run the ball particularly well. Kyler Murray doesn't really scramble anymore. DeAndre Hopkins gets quadruple covered. Nobody else really makes plays. The Giants offense leaves a lot to be desired. Let's not now. I don't mean to be Homer because I went off. I went off on a thing about the Vikings saying that they might not win, and I avoided putting them on my dog pound. But at the same time, let's not go ahead and crown the Giants as the teams in the NFC are scared of them. I think that they are what they are. They're five and seven. They're starting Colt McCoy, and when Daniel Jones plays, he throws he turns the ball over all the time. So this is not about it, it, the Giants' season long out, output. We could definitely talk about that before the playoffs, but I think that they win this game at home, West Coast going East. I think it's a horrible situation for the Cardinals. The only thing that does scare me is that it's a it's a game of streaks. Giants on a win streak, Cardinals on a losing streak. It's one of those things where, you know, both team, well, not the Giants, but the Cardinals really are desperate to turn it around, but I just see them falling short. I'm going Giants, and we have a triple dog time like. Wow. Awesome. Unfortunately, uh, I'm not right, going Giants. I'm actually I'm gonna going. Talk I'm going right, to talk. Go. Let me talk first. <laughs> Damn it. I haven't even got to handicap my own dog pound. Jesus. All right. <laughs> All I want to say is this. With Daniel Jones back, their offense will look significantly better than last week. Daniel Jones is also hurt, though. So let's not forget about that. My big advantage is this. Arizona's past defense has been putrid. Daniel Jones is going to have to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. The offensive line stays healthy like they have been. The rotating offensive linemen have working. Wayne Goldman, who I've openly bashed as being a terrible running back, seems to be getting nothing but 100-yard games. They keep the same game script they've had, and Arizona's been playing the way they have. I see the Giants squeaking this one out. I will warn you, as every Giants game, it will be a nail-biter. It's going to be a close game, going to be a field goal game. I can almost guarantee it. Also, weather looking like it might be a factor as well, which also should favor the Giants because if the Cardinals cannot run the ball, they are dead. That's it. Go ahead, Joe. All right, dude. So I'm going to pivot here to a divisional spot. Um, I, I'm taking the Lions, man. Plus 330 against the Packers. Uh, I think the Packers are still um, – I'd put them number two, I guess, in the NFC. Uh, but, you know, divisional games, we, we say it all the time. I think this could be uh, one of those games where the Lions just, you know, they're they're motivated from getting rid of Patricia. It's addition by subtraction. Uh, last week, Stafford threw for 400 against the Bears secondary. That's without Patricia. So, you know, not that Patricia had his hand in the offensive play calling all that much, but you got to think there. I, mean, I don't think that's a coincidence at all. I mean, the Bears have – the Bears are not a good team. We all know that. But one strength that they have is their secondary and their defense. So for Stafford to do that, I don't think 
it's out of the realm of possibility to see a repeat of that against the Packers, you know, and if they can get hot, you know, Rogers has, has checked out of games mentally more than once. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think it's, I think it should be, I, I think the spread is warranted. This is one of those cases where, you know, I, I sprinkle on the money line way before I took the lions to, uh, to cover here. Cause if it's a close game, I think the lions at home can do some damage and win outright. So I got a plus three thirty ticket out on the lions right now. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that, Joe. You you said it. I think the Packers are almost entering this realm of being fat and happy. And if you look at some of their missteps, too, this year, uh, which they've had some, it's one of those things where it looks like when they play good teams, they misstep. And when they play bad teams, they kind of don't. Um, there's no reason why maybe they just kind of take a week off, <laughs> let the Lions. I, I agree. We all had the Lions last week because uh, it was a big bounce back spot. I think uh, Daryl Bevel is definitely uh, trying to coach maybe see if he can't keep that job. I know that some Michigan lawmakers are trying to get Robert Sala to be the coach, but uh, you know, Daryl Bubba might say, Hey, why not me? If I can get this team to, to pull an upset like, like that, then why not? Are the lions technically in the hunt? No, they're way down. Are you, I'm, I'm, but I think they have eight losses. What are they? Five. And I thought they have, they have five wins though, right? Hold on. Stat boys are, Five yeah, they're five and seven. So I wouldn't call that in the hunt, though. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What's the, With what's the, the way the NFC seven seed at right now, six and six, they're in the hunt. They win. This yeah, I mean, yeah, but technically, I mean, it's week fourteen. Everyone's in the hunt. If you can breathe, you're in the hunt. There's like five teams eliminated. that are not in the hunt. But hey, honestly, that, that's more motivation for the Lions to kind of play. I was gonna say, Joe, I'm trying to help your handicap. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I spit on your take, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah go fuck yourself. I, I like the Lions as pure. <laughs> this is the time of year with, with just pure upset fodder. You know, like these teams, like you said, if you're breathing, you have a pulse. You're fighting for a playoff spot. These are these are players with families. These are these are fan bases that deserve wins. This is what I'll do because I think I've been a little hot the past couple of takes I've had, a little shouty. Let me throw in an honorable dog pound mention, which we did we did actually talk off mic. I'm gonna go uh, Chicago Bears here over the Texans. Um, talk about a fan base. Talk about an organization that is a disaster at the moment. <laughs> Starting out, they were what five and one I think, and then a six game losing streak has led to this. I think that eventually all good and bad things must come to an end. Six, I mean, that's almost half your season. Um, I, I feel like this is simply their due. The Texans were very close to winning last week. So, again, it's kind of like a Jaguars transitive property where um, almost getting so close to victory but not making it is going to defeat you even more, even more so than the Bears, um, who did also lose a heartbreaker. But I'm going to give that one to the Lions playing hard post-Matt Patricia because I think they all hated that guy. Um, and the Bears, for what it's worth, put up 30 points with Mitch Trubisky. Their offense actually showed signs of life. So if they could just build on that, take advantage of a really bad Saints defense in terms of rushing, hey, David Montgomery, if he's a fantasy darling of yours, he might have a lot more yards and touchdowns this week as you step up for the playoffs. I like that the Bears – who are only one-point uh, dogs right now. I just like them to win outright, of course, but that's another spread I was considering taking for the Big Bang. I think they're going to come out with a win. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it, if you look at the the Bears-Texans, the Texans, as I say every single week, they were the worst team in DVOA rushing and they're the worst team DVOA in rushing defense. What do the Bears like to do? They like to run the ball. I think um, definitely not 
Uh, maybe if you don't even like the spread or if you don't like taking coin flip games, I would definitely fire on David Montgomery props, uh, carries, yards, et cetera. Maybe Cordell Patterson rushing yards. I think it's one of those things that the Texans just – they don't stop the run. It, uh, I think that the Bears, if they do win, it will be an extremely ball-controlled uh, type of game where the defense doesn't really have to do much. Cool. Cool. That was our dog pound. That was our big bank picks. Do we want to go around the horn? Just remind everybody who the picks are, how many units. Um, I'm sure. Sure. I feel like this should make it easier for uh, our lovely host Dean too uh, for the end of this week. Last week, not last week, last year where we like doubled the units. I think it's kind of too late for that now. We, you know, what's fun. We could do that next. We could do that next week. We could do double units for next week. All right, okay. yeah, because double the did. units for the rest of the I uh, know for the rest of the year or yeah for the rest of the year yeah yeah all right decision yeah. on the fly next next week week fifteen on 15, 16, 17, we are officially doubling our unit size because they are so scared of Zach repeating and no, I you, want my championship. You know what though. it was because last year we were so far behind that we were like let's do double units so that you're if like Joe's rise where he was nine and one if we did we're doing double units. He would definitely have climbed a, a little bit higher. So yeah, we'll we'll do a lot of things. I, I know that it's, we're I was very, winning before double units, so this is going to help you. you well, know? Uh, maybe we we're trying to catch you then. Yeah. So so it's one of those things where yeah, we'll do that, and then of course, um, when it comes to doing the double units, we'll be a little bit more uh, frisky, and we're we're going to make a lot more money too. Love it. But let's uh, let's recap our picks. I'll go first, right off the top. So I have one unit Seahawks minus thirteen and a half. One unit Colts minus three, and I have Eagles plus seven for one unit. Money. I have the Colts for the triple like minus three for one unit. I have the Bills Steelers over 46 and a half for one unit. And then I have the Titans and Jaguars over 52 for one unit. All right. I got Steelers money line. Uh, parlay that's at plus 130 parlayed with uh, the bills Steelers over together that's going to be plus 325 uh, I also have bucks minus six and a half and I have Rams minus five and a half awesome I uh, was the newly converted uh, by taking the Eagles plus seven for a half unit I'll add to that quadruple like Colts minus three for one unit I'll put another half unit on the Rams and Patriots under 46, and I'm buying a little bit. It's minus 125 odds, so it's a little bit higher. Uh, and I'm going to put one, what I'm hoping to be a big unit, on the Giants' money line and under 45.5 points parlay for plus 285 to try to get over that hump and uh, and get back to first place. But, uh, wow, a lot of plays, right? A lot of stuff that we like, a lot of NFL rounding into form. Um, and all of this is going to be available on the Slack channel and even more. We don't have a dedicated college basketball. We don't have a dedicated, um, you know, podcast for any other sport at the moment. We want to get to there, but you want to get on those plays too, because sad to say it, the NFL season doesn't last all year. Uh, and you're going to want to look for more plays and more ways to win money and look no further than the four of us for winning on college basketball and on other sports. So until then, Zach and I have a date with Harry Carson and Carl Banks tomorrow, which is not a joke. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you how that goes next week. We got a Zoom link to ask him a couple of Giants questions. I hope for the love of God the Giants somehow pull out a victory and you know I make my bet and uh, I don't look too foolish for getting heated about it. Uh, but until then, guys, 
Dean, Zach, Joe, myself, we thank you sincerely. Week 14, you've been listening this long. You might as well finish the season with us. We're having minus 1,000. Thank you for listening to the Winning Ticket Podcast. See you next week. Thank you.